Welcome to Football on the Rocks, the number one fantasy football and whiskey podcast where we pour ourselves a glass and help you dominate the competition. Join us over the next few weeks as we prepare for the 2021 football season and walk you through our ultimate mock draft, position by position rankings, draft strategies, and everything else you'll need to prepare for the start of the season. So pour yourself a glass and join three fantasy football experts and whiskey enthusiasts as we guide you to the fantasy football promised land. All right, welcome back to the uh, Football on the Rocks podcast. I'm your host, Joe Niehoff. Tonight, I am drinking the Glen Levitt, which is one of my favorites on the rocks. I am a on the rocks with my scotch kind of guy, which could be a sin in some people's eyes. <laughs> uh, but one of my favorites, uh, especially when on vacation, which just so happens to be where I'm at. John, what do you got in your glass tonight? Tonight, I am drinking a Stellum bourbon, which has a big punch of cinnamon right in your face, which isn't the, isn't really the best summer bourbon, but I think this is a good, like, week 14, 15, getting towards the end of the year. Good Christmas bourbon. Yeah, well, we'll we might bring this back towards Christmas time once we get closer to the playoffs. We have a little Christmas in July is what we're doing right now. Yeah, what do you got, Bob? Uh, tonight I am drinking a Divide and Concher, the double IPA from Idle Hounds Brewing down here in uh, Santa Rosa's Alita Beach in Florida, um, where I am joining my brother Joe on vacation for the week here with our families. Yeah, we are live with each other face to face. The Minnesotan comes down here to join me, uh, and we enjoy a nice little summer vacation, which Yes, that is right. You heard a summer vacation. The Nehoff summer vacation is now filled with podcasts. <laughs> More than likely have uh, a few guest appearances. They may not. I mean, they might just avoid us at all times while we're trying to do this uh, tonight. But uh, we could get some some guest interruptions, I guess you could call them more than anything else. As right. We all Alright, so tonight, uh, just to recap, the first podcast you heard from us was our rounds one and two mock draft. Uh, tonight, you're going to hear rounds three and four. Uh, we'll kind of highlight and go back to make sure you guys understand how these teams are kind of being constructed. Um, but tonight, we're going to start with that. Uh, and again, as a recap to what this draft is, it is a 12-team draft, uh, and we are doing a full PPR in this 12-team draft, and everything else is your, your standard points that you'd expect. So kind of going off to this right at the beginning, we are now at the turn. So we're in pick number one in the third round. Uh, team one had CMC and Kittle team two. I'm sorry. Team one had CMC and Kittle and took the Keenan Allen being the first player off the board in round three. Team two had cook and Sanders with AJ Brown coming off round three, number two. Followed by uh, Henry and Thomas in spot number three with CEH, uh, Edwards Lair coming off uh, in round three. Then we have Kamara and Swift for team four, joined now by Allen Robinson, the wide receiver from Chicago. Uh, team five had Barkley Metcalf and now is being joined by Antonio Gibson. And finally, team six has Taylor 
and Jefferson and being joined by Julio Jones. We're going to focus and talk quickly on those six picks. I'll give you guys some insight as where they came from and, again, where our consensus came up with these. Um, and to really get things started, uh, you know, I'm a fan of Keenan Allen. I've been a fan of him for a long time. We won't go too in-depth on him at this moment. We may go back to him. But the person I think we want to spend a little bit of time talking about, because you heard two teammates here drafted uh, within four or five picks of each other. The first one here is A.J. Brown. Uh, Bobby, it, you know, I got a question for you. Just curious how you feel about this. But is it is it A.J. Brown, is he the right guy to pick first between him and Julio? I think so. I, I mean, I don't have it right in front of me, Joey. I know you have your computer open. Uh, double check for me. Where do I have A.J. Brown going in our mocks here that we threw together. So I'm, I'm pretty sure I got him somewhere in the second round. You have him at pick 19. So you have him a whole, you know, set with seven or eight picks ahead of yeah. our, 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 our consensus has him at 26. You have him at 19. Yeah. So I'm, I'm big on AJ Brown. Um, I mean, he flashed big at the end of the season last year is giving you some really big plays, showing you where his talent really lies. If we look at the stats, he really only played about 12, 13 games last year. He was still fifth in touchdowns and 16th in total yards uh, um, at the wide receiver position there in only 12, 13 games. Uh, you, you tell me he's going to play. Let's say he does play the full 17 this year. You're looking at easily a wide receiver one. Probably top six, top seven wide receiver. I think in my ranks, uh, he falls in the top five or six of uh, my wide receivers coming off the board. God, okay, I got to stop. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I, you know, I, I hear you and I, I'm, I'm, I'm listening to what you're saying and it just sounds like garbage to me. Okay. <laughs> I, and now let me explain why, because I, I, like, I get it. And so AJ Brown, I'm not saying I don't like him. Okay. Let me first. Say that. I don't say that I don't like A.J. Brown. What I am saying, though, is all these great statistics that you're throwing out at us, all this cool stuff you're saying, that was all with his next closest competition in the wide receiver room being Davis. Right. His So so your argument is that Julio Jones is going to take targets away. Not only my targets argument, away, my argument but in this, touchdowns. I'm more worried about the touchdown part of things. Because Julio Jones is great in the red zone. Is that your argument? How good was he in the red zone the last couple of years? How many times? Tell me how many times have he has he gone over ten touchdowns in his career? I feel like you were ready for me to say this. Yeah, I tonight. was. So you're like just waiting. You're like he's gonna throw some stupid thing about Julio Jones. You know what? And, Only and here it comes. He's he's played. Julio Jones has played is in the NFL for ten seasons. Only one time in his entire career has he gone over eight touchdowns. All right. He's hit eight a couple Season different times. number two. His, Here, is this hit, the next bet? Because I'm in. He's, he's Nine hit, touchdowns for Julio at a minimum. He's hit. I, I would rather go, you know, player <laughs> versus player, but I we'll, we'll talk about that. So here's here's the other thing. So, yes, A.J. Brown. The guy running next to him is Corey Davis. Corey Davis, high draft pick, high pedigree for NFL style. Um, I think he was like a fifth, sixth overall pick. In the NFL when he came out, Corey Davis did. Mm-hmm. Um, he's now off in New York playing for the sorry, sorry Jets. Um, we got Julio Jones. 
a Jets fan that listens in. And he he told me, I said the Jets were sorry, and I didn't believe him, but he was right. I, he went back, and we listened to the recording. I called him sorry. Now Bobby has called him sorry. John, you're next on the list to call the Jets sorry. He has to say it three times. Yes, exactly. Um, so Julio Jones, only once in his career has he gone over eight touchdowns. Like I said, he's hit eight touchdowns a couple different times in his career. Um, in 10 seasons, only three. Three times in his career has he gotten to a full season, 16 games. Um, and his best year was in 2015. We're talking six years ago. That's when he was in his prime. Julio Jones, he's a big name. He can make like trades look good. Um, but it's six years ago. Six years ago, he put up 136 for 1,800 yards and eight touchdowns. That was his best season of his career. Okay, Bobby, I gotta stop you there. Because <laughs> what stats you, you, are no, you're agreeing with you. You're you're saying Julio's injury prone. Before last year, in the previous six years, he had missed four total games. In ten seasons, in he only has three six. times he has gotten a full season out of them. Well, in fantasy on, football, though. we want to get a full season out of yeah, our but, players. But hold on, though. I don't want him missing any time for any reason. Now, you got to think, too. Like, some of those seasons, they there may not have been any reason for him to play. Playoff position was sealed, so maybe he took a game off with a small nagging injury. You know, th- that happens all the time to players like him that are the high pedigree guys. So that's not uncommon to see a guy not play a full, full season. These are just the statistics that back up my argument. Bobby, in the previous six years, he his fewest yardage was 1,394. He averaged over 90 yards a game every year for six years and averaged over 100 yards a game for five out of the last seven years. Yeah, and, and that's your argument for taking the guy. I'm looking at these other statistics that – also are true and say "Mm, maybe i'm gonna wait on grabbing julio and i'm gonna allow somebody else to take the old slow don't say sorry not so (laughs) not he's not he's not in all capital letters julio jones he's he's julio jones you he's a great wide receiver he's probably better nfl wise than he's gonna be fantasy wise i'll tell you this he was wearing Waffle House cleats at his first practice. That's, that's brilliant. Um, so he might just have some other sponsors that make any money. So he may not have to play as hard, I guess. Um, he's going to a new offense. He's got that injury history. Tannehill and Ryan, you're not really changing up too much in terms of the type of quarterback throwing you the ball necessarily. Um, if he stays healthy, if he plays all of those games, yeah, he'll probably end up in the top. 15 at wide receiver. Uh, but you're in the third round here. Um, we're, there are guys that, in my mind, and in my the way I'm looking at it, they have a higher ceiling than Julio Jones does. Sure. And so I'm going to go for that, which is what A.J. Brown affords you. And that's why I have A.J. Brown so high again. Last year in up fifth in touchdowns, got a who better wide receiver than Corey Davis, and he's gonna he's gonna guard his way to free up 
um, more. Good arguments. John, you're kind of chomping at it here, ready to go. What do you? Yeah, I mean, just to recap Bobby's argument, he prefers A.J. Brown, who started 12 games last year because Julio Jones gets injured too much. <laughs> yeah. Listen, A.J. Brown's only been in the league two years. Now, I will say it is interesting looking at our drafts just individually. So I had Julio at 28, um, and I also had down all the way down to 37. I think I'm the abnormal here in that case. There's a lot of people that do really, really like A.J. Brown. Um, I had him just obviously further down my list. And I think that's what dropped him down to 26. John, uh, you did have him at 28. So he's right in that range of what we might expect. Um, but, but again, looking at the overall picks, um, you never know. And, and John had A.J. Brown and Julio going back-to-back, by the way. And so there's, there's an easy bet, Joe. What is it? Let's hear it. Julio versus A.J. Brown. I, I mean, mean, I kind of want to challenge your nine or your eight-touchdown thing, too. But, yeah, I'm in. I'll take Julio. I'll take both bets. Well, I don't know if we should overwhelm ourselves here. That this is, I mean, three bets and two. Podcasts. Listen, we're we're like three minutes into this one, and we already got a bet done with me and you, which is it's going to be. So a I get AJ Brown. Return. I get AJ Brown. I'll give you AJ Brown video. overall points, no injury yeah. bullshit, doesn't right. matter. But it's it, we're taking our yeah. bets right. All now. right, Julio, yeah. I need you to stay healthy, buddy. Yeah, you too, AJ Brown. Get get those ankles feeling good. All right, uh, next on the topic for today. Um, so we had CEH being the first running back off the board um, here in this draft. And I think it's a it's a good segue to start talking a little bit about um, the running backs uh, that are available uh, to you here. So there's really a – I think there's a set of about three or four of them that are, are pretty high on a lot of people's lists. Um, and you can really get some value out of these guys. Um, but let's talk about a few of them. So we, who, did, who do you target first? Obviously our consensus came out with CEH, but the other ones that are in this – this uh, this bracket is Ceh Gibson. We have Carson there, Jacobs and Gaskin. Um, those are all end up being third round running backs. So you obviously can tell there's a couple of them that will come up here in the next few picks. Um, uh, so anyway, what I have and, and a guy I want to talk a little bit about. I'm actually really excited about this player, and I think he's he's phenomenal uh, third round value. Um, he could even fall in some drafts, uh, potentially late third round. And he could also jump up pretty high in the second, depending on who's picking uh, and, and kind of what you got going on. So the guy I want to talk about is Antonio Gibson. Um, so with me, Antonio Gibson, 14 games played last year. He started 10. Guy averaged 4.6 yards per carry. Uh, he had 36 receptions. Uh, his uh, counterpart at, in Washington, J.D. McKissick, had 80. Okay, uh, But here's something I really want to focus on. And, and why I wanted to talk about it. We're talking full PPR. Okay, guy has 36 receptions, rookie. But you guys have to understand, he came out of Memphis as a wide receiver. The guy had a handful of carries in college. Right. A handful. Okay. He had 36. And he wasn't even like their main down. He was more like a, those like wing back kind of wide receiver guy. So don't get me wrong, he still carried the ball. But he he was not your bell cow running back. Right. So this guy has for running back age, he has fresh legs. He had 36 catches in college. He had uh, 735 yards that year. He had eight touchdowns as a senior as a wide receiver in Memphis. Now JD McKissick is good. Don't get me wrong. 80 catches. He's going to play that role for them. But I honestly think 
I wouldn't be surprised if they start leaving Gibson on the field on third downs. This guy starts catching some balls. You put that into what he already does as a running back, you got a pretty good player. Oh, and by the way, the only other coach, or not only the other, only other coach, their head coach just so happened to come from the Carolina Panthers, who just so happened to draft CMC. And you think he knows how to use a wide receiver that can catch the ball? Right. I was, I was just going to say, Ron Rivera, basically Antonio Gibson is a cheap version, to a certain degree, of CMC. He's my cheap version. I like him a lot. Uh, any, uh, <clears throat> any rebuttals to anything I said there? And also, any, any guys you want to highlight? John, Bobby, either one of you. Yeah, I think the only worry on Gibson is that he rushed the ball 85 yards last year. Oh no, he he rushed it 170. So I think it's a question of can he can he get over kind of 200 to yeah, get the value the value you want from touches, a though. Here in fantasy, we're we're more not not so concerned well, yeah, about touches. carries, yeah, but touches and especially those receptions. When you look at our running backs, there's a reason why, like you know, McCaffrey, Cook, uh, Kamara. I mean. We it's got hilarious these guys that you keep putting throw. Cook in like he's going to catch the ball a ton guy. He's not a ton catching guy. Yeah. Cook's going to get 50 receptions, Bobby. We're going to be happy. Yeah. But, but CMC gets 100. Kamara gets 83. Like, <laughs> stop putting him in that category. <laughs> yeah. I, I, oh, think, I think the worry is more homer. Can, he <laughs> hold, can he hold up as – a featured running back who's going to carry the ball 250 times without getting hurt for someone who hasn't historically been a rusher. Like, can he hold up to that punishment in the NFL? I agree. I think that's a good point. And I'm going to make some other point here real quick, because we haven't talked about CEH or CEH yet. He was a first round draft pick last year in fantasy football. CEH. And a lot of the drafts, I I think every one of them, to be honest with you. Yeah. This guy now goes in round three because he kind of sucked last year. But so we're talking about the same thing, right? I mean, he's a second-year running back. Gibson, I argue, but I think Gibson had a better season. You know, I didn't look at the stats or anything to, to back that up. But, you know, so it's the same thing. It, these kind of guys, and this is why they're in this, this round. You know, CEH comes out and balls out this year. Gibson balls out this year. Guess what? They're first-rounders next year. Well, and, and I think that's part of the thing is that – Look at Taylor. As, Edwards Alaire last year, your draft a lot of people were drafting him in the first round. Uh he didn't he wasn't terrible. Um he wasn't what you drafted though. Yeah. Okay. And that's Fair. part of why he slips. He's on a high powered offense. He's he I think even in a bad year last year, he had hundred and eighty uh, hundred and eighty carries, eight hundred yards, four touchdowns. He caught the ball 36 times. He's not catching the ball, not anywhere near what Cook is doing. Oh, um, God. Here it goes. Here we um, go. But he's, he's going to, it, in, in the terms that fancy people use, he's going to regress to the mean. That four touchdowns is going to become six, seven, eight touchdowns. They kept giving him the ball in the goal line, hoping that he could slam it home and he couldn't do it in the NFL not yet um with another year bulked up a little bit wiser 
all that, he'll have more confidence in uh, his quarterback will have more confidence in him, hopefully then down by the goal line as well. Um, yeah, and I think when, get more than four touchdowns, I'll say that. When you when you're talking about coaches too, he has Andy Reid who has right. a history of having top fantasy running backs with Westbrook and LaShawn McCoy and Kareem Hunt. He just keeps turning out top ten fantasy running backs. And he's right. an offensive coach as opposed to Ron Rivera who's focusing on the defense. So I think you're drafting him believing in Andy Reid's gonna turn him right. into a top ten. It's yeah. kind of a trust the system kind of approach with taking uh Edwards Elaire. Yeah, I don't, I don't think I disagree with what you guys are saying on all that either. So um, we're starting to now dive into some guys in the second half here of the third round, um, which is going to include Carson Gibbs, uh, Jacobs, and Gaskin as our running backs here to highlight. Um, so let me go over some of the, the last few picks here in this round. So we went through pick six earlier. Here's pick seven. Pick seven had Zeke, Ridley, and then came back with Jacobs. Pick eight had Kelsey, Harris, and now it's picked up Mahomes. Pick nine at Hill. Mixon came back with Waller. Pick 10 at Eckler, Hopkins, and came back with Allen. Pick 11 at Diggs, Chubb, and has come back with Carson. And pick 12 at Adams and Jackers, and came back with Gaskin. Um, so kind of on the back end here of these guys, uh, we, we do have Carson, J- Jacobs, and Gaskin. Um, I think there's some interesting things to talk about there. I mean, John and I both had some some thoughts on Jacobs. I think in the consensus, he goes a little early, to be honest. Um, I'm not sure who, who drew, like, you know, who, which picks kind of draw him back up to that part of the draft. Um but he, you know, not that he's a bad player, but now he's got some competition. Some guys are going to take some third down work from him, which he already had last year, too. So he could still have a stellar year, but I think he might have been a little bit hot. The guy I want to talk about, though, real quickly for me is Miles Gaskin. And I thought about not talking about him. And I actually thought about dragging him down because I don't want the guys that I play in the Highlander with to take him. I would like to have him on my team. <laughs> no, I don't want. Yeah, I don't want to pick him in the third round. So, guys, if you're listening, and and Dottie, uh, just don't pick him. Let him come back to me in round four. Yeah, I can't we'll decide if what Joe's doing is reverse psychology and like throwing this guy out there if he's really in love with Miles Gaskin mm-hmm. right now. I think I actually am a little bit in love with him. So here's the here's the reason why. What makes you fall in love? With here's the reasons why. Forty one catches last year in ten games. Again, full PPR. So there's that. But here's the other statistic that I think is really kind of cool. Forty one catches. The guy averaged almost ten yards a catch. It means every time they throw the ball to the running back, he's going to get two points at a minimum. If he's averaging close to ten yards, so nine point four six. He's second behind uh, uh, DJ in uh, Houston. Um, so. There's that. Here's the other piece. There is nobody in Miami's backfield with a second-year quarterback in Tua that they have to rely on the run game. Okay? The last thing is this. He averaged over 100 yards per game over four years. He played four years in college at Washington. 
100 yards. This guy was a freaking workhorse, and he could do it against, you know, Pac-10 is pretty tough competition. And then, oh, by the way, he averaged 14 touchdowns a year as a running back in Washington. That's on the ground. That didn't include anything in the game. The guy can run. He's a player, man. Look at yeah, that offense can get going. He's a player. You're you're talking easily a top fifteen running back, and on the team that he's going to that we haven't drafted into, um, you're talking someone who has Adams and Jones, who they now have you know Aaron Rodgers, um, so high powered offense, and then you got Gaskin to pair with it. I mean that. That is actually going to be pretty deadly because you look at it, you assume Jones and Gaskin got two top 15 running backs and a top three wide receiver easy, and it's the fourth round. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're putting together a really great team. Yeah, I think Gaskin is the, the could-be running back. Absolutely. And Miami's the could-be team. Tua could be a good quarterback. Right. They could have great receivers, but they have one of the they have one of the bottom five offensive lines. So is Tua gonna get comfortable or is he gonna be scrambling all the time? It's right, are but they, that... are they gonna get beat up? Like I think the big question mark is their offensive line. And then how, does Gaskin have the talent alone? to be a top 15 running back without having an offensive line in front of them? That's a great question. And that's why I went to the stats as a Washington running back. Not again. Right. And we were he, talking college but, versus pro here, but yeah. He's also, what, in his second year, third year? This will be, so, yeah, this will be his third year, and he averaged 4.1 yards a carry last year. So, yeah, he still has a lot to prove, but he, I think this late with the running backs left, I think he's he has a lot of potential, but it's a big could be for me. Right. Yeah, and he could just fall all the way to pick 47 in the Highlander. That'd be fantastic. Uh, we'll talk more about that later. Um, now, coming into this as well, uh, you know, and actually for a quick timeout, hey, Bobby, text the wives and see if they can bring me up some more ice. Okay. I'm about out of this cocktail. I've been, I've been sucking on it pretty good. So I just see if they got any more. Are you still drinking the Stella in there, John, or you got something else? I still got it. That slap of cinnamon in your face. Hey, I, you know, we had it the other night at your house. It wasn't that bad. I do recommend if anybody is trying different stuff. I mean, I'm Glenn Levitt's a go-to for me. So it's it's always going to be on the list. And it was actually kind of cool. This place that we went, I got like a travel size. Like well, how many ounces is this thing? Probably like a two fifty or a three seventy-five milliliter. There you go. I didn't even know they made them. It's a it's a nice little bottle, dude. I might end up drinking the whole thing if we say, get too far. I was gonna say it's a personal size bottle if you're good enough. And then Bobby's got his. Um, and they're these double IPs. They're eight percent. It's you're drinking beer. That's fine. Uh, anyway, text the ladies. See if they can bring me up just a, a you know sliver of ice here. So yeah. I pour myself another. All right, let's get back into it. Who we who we got? Well, I want to. Uh, there's two things I want to go over. Um, and then we can we can move on to the fourth round, um, but the first thing I, I like I'm I'm a big component of this, and I, I know we've talked about it offline, um, but I'm a big component of it that stacks. Yeah, oh yeah, 
Okay, so stacks, you know, stacks are huge. If if anybody is a DFSer out there, daily fantasy sports, if anybody does the uh, the DraftKings million dollar on the weekend, ninety percent of the time, the team that wins the million dollars has a stack and sometimes has a double stack. Yeah. So, I think personally that that theory of building a team around a team that scores a lot of points. It is a can be a great component to building a phenomenal squad for not only this is the reason why, not only for the regular season to have a decent record have some guys scoring points for you but primarily I'm talking about being prepared for your team in the playoffs not a lot of people when they're on draft night sit and look at the schedule that teams have in weeks 12 13 14 15 16 now obviously yeah. with the the league going to 17 games. Not a lot of people look at those schedules and say, oh, who's going to be there? They're playing the sorry Jets. <laughs> so I had to make another comment on But you know what I mean? But looking at it and just saying, okay, I see their schedule. Now who's that? What's that team that has this really nice, softer right. schedule in that moment? So this first stack that we have here, the first opportunity for a stack is Kelsey stacking with Mahomes. I think is brilliant. Yeah. If I am the guy drafting Kelsey in the first round and I can get good value in my running back in round two, personally. In this case, here we have them taking Harris. Yeah. If Mahomes is available and I have that, I'm taking it. Oh, the ice has arrived. Is this the ice? Who brought it up? Oh, it's my lovely wife. You want to say hi? Oh, and mom. Oh, my God. Mom's here. <laughs> it's my mother and father's anniversary today. 37. Yeah, 37 years, and I've had to remind them about seven times that's 37, not 28 like Dad seemed to think, not 38 like Mom seemed to think. <laughs> so we had to kind of yell at them a little bit. You know what? I they came up, Joe. They didn't even the ice. Of, of Oh, they have Cavassier. No ice. No ice. Iceless. They didn't get the text. They did get the okay, text. Okay, I guess I'm going to uh, drink mine. You can stay with me. Say hi. Show. Let's let them say hi, Mom. Go ahead. Announce who you are and say hello to the world of our podcast. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to be nervous. <laughs> Mom is a fantasy footballer, ladies and gentlemen. She, uh, she. Oh, you're hold on. She won a fantasy football league, our family garage league, which we'll probably make reference to throughout the season. Um, garage league fantasy sports here, Mother. Has won the league, I think, twice, twice at least in her history. Explain what happened, though, because it's it's worth talking about. How did you win? What my, how what was your draft strategy? My first year of draft was I picked by they had pictures of the guys in a book, and I thought, oh, these are cute boys. So <laughs> my first year I won, they had. So, Mary's cute boys, cute boys is on our trophy, uh, yeah. and she Sorry. won. I blame Bobby because he didn't make us some crazy outlandish trade to make us team better that year. So yeah, it's my his fault. second year time that I won, it was we went by unique names. Okay, like, so year victory number two was unique names. Unique names like Ladanian Tomlinson. Yeah, yeah. and then Tomlinson happened to go for 21 touchdowns. I think it was 30 touchdowns that year. Rookie of the year, I think. 
I don't know. Was, no. really, was he really a rookie? I could believe yeah. it. I mean, right. I, I'm not and, out of the question. And also, I did Tom Brady on his very first rookie year, too. Well, it wasn't his rookie year because he didn't start that year. It was okay. his second year. It his was first his first small season as a quarterback. And he was that Tom Brady solid. So it was like, ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. Oh, don't worry. Oh, and then my wife, who just went to go get me ice because she is the bomb. She also. Did she win it? No, she no, didn't win. She's taken second twice. She, she lost to John. She lost to John last year. In the I don't think she won. Like like my wife won the championship last year. Oh, it was two years ago. Brittany lost to John in the yeah. championship. That's right. Yeah, Brittany is a uh, is also. Uh, how do you you don't even want to? Can you say hi? No, it's too late now. You have to say hi. I already said hi. Yeah, mom's been talking. Hi. There she is. Anyway, she's a fan of football. They came up to get some uh, insight on our draft, I'm sure. They want to listen in and have their crevassier. Um, so let's jump back into You're talking about these stacks. One of those stacks you absolutely demolished me with in a championship last year. Sure did. Uh, that, was the, the, the... that was the Allen Diggs stack that you scored like 85 points with on Monday night. For the championship round, and I didn't even need that point. By you the way. did. Yeah, no, I was I up by fifty. I was up by fifty going into <laughs> Monday night. I thought I was going to be okay, but then I got absolutely just bushwhacked, yeah. and that wasn't. Yeah, that's that drink we were looking at earlier today. <laughs> uh, but to your point, it can create these giant swings in how your week goes. Yep. Yeah, and, and to Allen, too. Allen might be a value of third round, um, and he could go with Diggs. You could you could pair him with Diggs in the third round if Allen comes around. May not be a bad pick, or even better yet, if he does, and let's say you pick Diggs at 11, take the risk, see if he falls to 12, 13, you know, and, and he gets on by, uh, and you can get him in round four to stack your team with Diggs and Allen. I love that team right there. That they that, that's that. a matter of just looking at what the team behind you has, what you think they're going to do. And what you need. Absolutely. Um, absolutely. So now we're getting to round four. So let's talk a little bit about round four. So coming back again, we have... Uh, so hold on. Before, before we jump into that, I want to play a little game with you guys. Uh-oh. All right. So I, I'm going to do a little fun, like, A-B comparison kind of deal here. All right. I got two players. One has 135 targets. This is from last year's stats. They, they, they almost line up perfectly. 135 targets, 87 catches. One has 1,200 yards. The other 11. Who am I talking about? Who are these two players? One of these players. One of these players is going in the first round. The other one is a wide receiver. Both of them are wide receivers. One of them is a wide receiver going in the first round. The other one's going a wide receiver in round four. Who, who are we talking about here? John, I'm going to let you take this. I have no clue. Bobby made a game up, and I have no idea what's going on. I mean, I know Bobby loves Julio, but Julio was injured, so it can't be him. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> You're correct. It's not Julio, <laughs> Well, we got that one out is it, um Is one McLaurin and is one Tyreek? You nailed it. John, no shit. John nailed it. That was not even rehearsed. Did he really? Did you just nail it? Yeah. Yeah, he nailed it. <laughs> yeah. But those are their statistics. Tyreek Hill, 135 for 87 catches, 1,276 yards. Hill had 15 touchdowns. Okay, McLaurin, 134 targets, 87 catches, 
1,118 yards. He only had four touchdowns last year. Well, when that's your quarterback your, is when you don't know who your quarterback is yeah. week to week. Uh, that's Does gonna, Fitz that's Magic gonna, though make I, I think with a better quarterback than Fitz Magic, that's arguable. Fitz might set the record for interceptions thrown this year, but also, but also he will also right. He'll also throw the most passes ever. Mm. Yeah, you know, that that's no, all that's thing. Antonio so. So even through all that, McLaurin, who is a guy that we have going right after Gaskin for for that twelfth team, um, he was twelfth in targets last. Random quarterback, yeah, four times, like I said. Um, he he's bound to regress the mean, and he's getting the same amount of catches as a guy that everyone has as a one, two, three uh, uh, wide receiver, and you're getting him in round four. I mean, give me that all day long, especially if I'm pairing McLaurin with Adams, let's say, or even Tyree Kill, depending on how your your yeah. draft shakes out. Give me McLaurin all day long. Yeah, and Bobby, I have him going in the mid-third. You have him going in the fourth. Why, why aren't you higher on him? Uh, because I points. don't want to tell everybody about how much I love Terry McLaurin. <laughs> Bobby did some statistics after he did his draft and realized that he loved McLaurin. I think he read my analysis and realized how great it was and then moved him up his board. There you go. That's not impossible. So let's go over these next uh, six picks here in the fourth round. We have uh, the Adams, Jones, and Gaskin team taking McLaurin. We have Diggs, Chubb, and Carson team taking Cooper. We have Eckler, Hopkins, Allen. They are taking Montgomery. We have Hill, Mixon, Waller taking Dobbins. We have Kelsey, Harris, Mahomes taking Adam Thielen. We have Zeke, Ridley, Jacobs taking Mike Evans. And that is your next six picks. Um, Anybody here you want to highlight, John? Yeah, I think overall – I, there are just a lot of the wide receivers that are in kind of a 10 to 20 range that I think we all really like and we could switch up the order. I mean, last year between wide receivers 10 and wide receiver 20, there was really only like a 20-point difference. So I think you're you're kind of looking for kind of how is your team shaping out who do you think could have a breakout season or who do you think has a high floor and how do you want your team constructed? I think for the, I like the McLaurin pick because you have Adams Jones who should be really consistent performers. And then you back that up with McLaurin who could really be a breakout and just take your team to victory. And then you compare that to, um, the Diggs, Chubb, Carson picking Cooper. Cooper should be that steady floor. He should have Dak throwing him the ball a lot, but he might not have that wide receiver, that top 10 wide receiver year with Lamb coming up in his sophomore year. So I got I got some fun stuff about Cooper here. Oh God, as well. So I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you all of the players. So Dak got her week five. So I'm going to look at the first four weeks of what Cooper was able to do with Dak because that's what we're assuming we're going to get. Now, Dak does have his rotator cuff injury that's come up. Um, 
probably not going to be a big deal going into the season once we get to that point. They're taking it very cautious here during the off season, so we'll see how that all shapes out. Something to pay attention to. Um, but in, in four games with Dak, he had at least six catches for 80 yards each week, so that's 14 points right there. His best was a 12-catch, 134-yard, and a one-touchdown, 31-point week. Okay. In those first four games, he got 82 points in a full PPR. At, that gives him an average of 20 points a game. Adams, Hill, Diggs, that's it. That's the whole list of all the players that had more points on a av- games per average uh, rate than Amari Cooper did during the first four games with Dak. Right. With So if Cooper had a full season with Dak, these statistics, if you extrapolate that out, at averaging around 20 points a game, puts him in the top five at wide receiver. Well, okay, he has had a whole season with Dak. No, he hasn't moved injured that year. Oh. <laughs> um... So he is start, Cooper himself is starting the, the season on the pup list. So something again, got to be aware of that. Saquon Barkley is also on the pup list. Uh, that that just kind of limits some of the things that they can do in practice. Well, so is Michael Thomas. But for what it's worth, Amari Cooper is one of four players in Madden that has a ninety nine in route running. Oh God! So he is a top I, route you runner. You look that up. You would look up a statistic on Madden. Would you turn it on and say, okay, i got to check this out? He's, I mean, he's one of four players. Who are the three? Allen, Diggs, and Adams. Okay. Those, those are, and that's why we're big on Adams in the second round. Um, that and, like, he's just a target monster. Um, but Amari Cooper, I mean, he's bound to regress to the mean in terms of touchdowns this next year. He had five only this last season. But he had 92 catches with you throwing him the ball. Me? That's, yeah. <laughs> well, like, I'll, I'll take that as a compliment. <laughs> like, I mean, who was their quarterback last year? Apparently it was me. Um, there, nobody was throwing him the ball. He's His name is Andy Dalton, and he just so yeah. happens to be a pretty good guy. He's okay. Um, 92 catches, 1,100 yards, five touchdowns. That's going to just increase. I mean, even if it gets to seven, eight touchdowns, um, he's going to probably get 1,300 yards. And we're looking over 100 receptions. That puts a guy that you're getting in the fourth round up into the top 10 at wide receiver very easily. Uh, and you're pairing him with who? Carson, Chubb, and Diggs. So, I mean, you got two top, probably top 12 wide receivers. Yeah, I, I mean, I think what happens here in the fourth round, number one, we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight wide receivers going in round four. Okay. Yeah. So this draft gets very interesting, and it almost becomes, for a lot of these players, especially at the wide receiver position, it, it becomes difference. Yeah. There's not one guy that's going to be better than the next on these list of wide receivers we're talking about. I mean, we're – a lot of them, we, we end up splitting hairs and, and, and really just trying our best to, to figure out who we think is right. And here's the difference, guys. I think a championship is won in rounds three, four, and five. 
those are the rounds I think a championship is won in. If you can get those right, because again, yeah. these these players, like everyone that we've talked about, some of us have, you know, let's say here we have, uh, we, we were talking about, you know, Cooper, right? And, and to some degree, Bobby had Cooper in round three, right? Yeah. Then we got, you know, I, you know, Bobby has Galladay in round three, and he's not, he's not until round five, or round four. He's not until round five. Uh, so, that, like, there's just different players that are going to move up down lists. And it becomes a preference. And if you can get it right, those three picks, I feel like, when your team. Because the, the first two rounds, are the, the draft's going to fall to you the way it's going to fall. You're going to get your players. And those guys are expected to go in those first two rounds. Okay? Maybe the end of the, of the second round, things get a little bit interesting and, and debatable. Um, but for the most part, those first 12 to 15 to 20 players are, are kind of – very commonly locked in step, you know, next yeah. to each other throughout every draft night. Um, so you really are making these picks and, and, and really evolving your team. Uh, and I think that's a good thing to, to dive into these fourth-round running backs, guys, as we kind of talk a little bit about this. Um, so the first guy that is a fourth-round running back that I want to talk about now, Montgomery goes in this round, and he is the last, in our opinion, or at least in what we can see here, uh, and and this is the debate. When does Henderson Jr. now um, for the Rams come into play? Uh, but Montgomery is kind of the last more bell cow type running back. Right. Uh, say that because of last year, but Cohen was injured and he is now back. So he'll be catching some balls on that backfield and reduce some of Montgomery's stuff. Um, but really the first guy after that that's that's in a almost a committee type running back room that we have here going with Hill, Mixon, and Waller is Dobbins. So I want to backtrack a little bit to Montgomery just to kind of emphasize a point that you made, but I think it's really important to hammer this home. Uh, so for Montgomery, I just want to throw two things out. Henry, Cook, Jacobs. That's it in terms of the players that had most more attempts than Montgomery last year. Montgomery ran the ball 247 times. Only three players ran it more than him last year. And you're getting that in the fourth round. Okay. Second thing, guys with more rushing yards than him last year. Henry, Cook, Jonathan Taylor, Aaron Jones. That's it. That's the whole list of players with more rushing yards, more players with more attempts than him. Running back that's putting up first round running back stats, but he's a Chicago Bear, and I can't have him on my team. That, that's same a valid with the argument. Green Bay Packers. I cannot have him on my team. But what's funny, as a Viking fan, I'm okay with having a Lions player on my team. It's because it's the Lions. <laughs> John, you had any comments? Been a little quiet tonight. Maybe you can get some more of that stellum in your body. Yeah, I think Montgomery. I think the question mark is how is how's it going to look? I think we all assume Fields is going to take over at quarterback. Yeah, yeah, and I I think then it turns into more of a look at the Ravens' offense. Sure, a valid point. Yeah. I, I, obviously, I think we all agree that Fields probably throws the ball a little bit better. Yeah, and, and he'll run it a little bit more. He, he himself will run it a little bit more, especially at the goal line with any of those kind of option run type things. I can see um, Fields keeping the ball a little bit more than handing it off to Montgomery at least early in the season. 
Um, yeah, and that's why I think he, he kind of falls closer to Dobbins. I think him and Dobbins could have similar roles, similar stats this year. I just think Fields is going to – Fields and then Cohen coming back is going to take away his receptions, and then Fields can take away some of his attempts and then some of his touchdowns in the goal line. And to a point that you made earlier, John, this is something kind of interesting. I know how you said earlier um, Andy Reid – has had phenomenal fantasy running backs in his lifetime. Well, what have the Chicago Bears had? Nothing. I mean, can we go back and remember anybody besides Walter Payton, probably one of the greatest running backs of all time? But that's before what, my time as well. Oh, I know. I'm just saying, like, it was before fantasy football's time. I don't think I mean, it Matt Forte. Yeah, okay. was really he was good. relevant. He was relevant. But yeah. that was still 15 years ago. And how long did he go? What, two, three years of rel- relevancy with him? In and, then, and then he went to the sorry Jets. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no. Gail Sayers wasn't bad either. Oh, yeah, Joe. Yeah, but sorry. again, not, but, but Put not, some fantasy, not fantasy football, guys. Those yeah. guys Joe, are so Joe's, Joe's takeaway is that the Chicago Bears have a terrible history of running backs in the NFL. Prolific Hall of Famers that like are the benchmark. All right, I just don't like him. He's a bear. Moving on. I mean, who who does like the Sportsman of the Year get to wear as a patch on their jersey? The Walter Payton, Mm. Man of the Year. We're gonna move on to the next favorite player in this entire draft, Adam Thielen. Uh, he, I'm just kidding. <laughs> He's a Viking. Um, anyway, all right. Anything else on these running backs before we start, uh, or, or wide receiver? Any, anybody else, John, you want to comment on or buy before we go to the next six picks? Are we talking about running backs? Because I, I would just want to make a quick note about Chris Carson. Let's make it. Um, so, Chris Carson, yep, he's probably the best running back in Seattle. He had some issues last year. But there was two quarterbacks last year that had more rushing yards than him last year. He had less than Wayne Gallman, who is who's Wayne Gallman now. He's, he's off in San Francisco or something. Uh, he had less than Singletary, less than Gus Edwards, less than Melvin Gordon. Why do you want – can anybody here, do you want to even make a point to want to draft Chris Carson this season? Um, I don't know. John? Yeah, there's, I mean, there's a reason you want to draft him. What is it? <laughs> I'm, I'm honestly asking, why do you want to draft him? Well, I, I mean, I think he, I think especially, he, especially if, in the he fourth stays, round. if he stays healthy, I think he'll be around a thousand rushing yards. I think that they're not. Russell Wilson isn't the rusher he used to be. And I don't think he, at going into his mid-30s, he doesn't want to take the big hits anymore. Um, I think looking at how he just took a beating last year and just regressed through the year, I think they're going to try to establish the run more. Um, so I, I think he's he's in that. He's going to be involved in the offense as long as he stays healthy. I think he's that he doesn't have a lot of high upside, but when you look at the running backs that are left, he's kind of going around running back 20. 
there's not, you know, the running backs below running back 20 don't have, um, there, there are a couple with a high love upside, but there aren't a lot that have a good floor. I think that's where you look to take Carson to have, have someone who you know is going to be involved in the offense. Okay, here's right. a question. Here's a, just a, just a quick question. John, you have Carson as a top 20 running back. Bobby, do you? Um, in my initial ranks, I, I do have Carson above guys like Jacobs, Montgomery, Gaskin. I'm, I got to change that up. I really conceivably looking at my own personal rankings, Carson is going to drop below Dobbins, Edmonds, and probably Etienne as well. I mean, that, that puts him right at running back 25. So do I? Do, do we have a bat coming on here, John? I mean, I mean, Joe. Question? Let's just say this: in the initial draft, Bobby was the highest on Carson. He was. I was I, I'm going at pick twenty. Again, when I looked up statistics, then my idea of things actually changed. He's he's looking up statistics, John, and he is uh, he's changing his mind. Shocker! <laughs> just totally shocking. I mean, right, well, so so. What's the bet? I I say that Chris Curse is a top twenty-five running back. Yeah, Bobby says twenty-five. He's out of the top twenty-five. I say him. I put him at twenty-five. Okay, so twenty-four or higher, John. Wins. So what's John? John, where do you have Carson at? Well, no, Run, no it's, I, it's, he's making a bet with you on your your thought and your stance on. Yeah, so you're. So I, I'm trying to split the difference. If he's at. No, you're saying he's you're saying he's not a top twenty four running back. I'm saying he's a top twenty four running back. I I disagree. I think he's a flex guy. At the end of the year, he'll be a flex guy at the position, meaning out of the top twenty four. Okay, so if he's twenty four, twenty four, John, John wins. Twenty five, I win. Right. Twenty five, the West, I win. There's there's bet number two on the night. This is pretty good. We mu- this uh, this Glenn Levitt must be running through pretty quickly. I don't know. Well, John is the one making the bet, Joe. Well, I yeah, but did you not see me how I orchestrated that? I was the GM here, going in a are three-way you, trade. Are you a Packers GM because they're terrible? Well, there's that. <laughs> All right, let's get back to this Anyways. thing. We only got a couple of picks left here in our our round three and four um, mocks here to go over. So. Diving back into it, we do have team number six has Taylor Jefferson, Julio, drafting ETN here in round four. Barkley and, and team number five has Barkley, Metcalf, Gibson, and Cooper Cup. Team number four has Kamara, Swift, Robinson, and Godwin. Team number three has Henry, Michael Thomas, CEH, and Murray, Bobby's MVP. Team number two has... AJ Brown and Robert Woods. And finally, team number one is CMC Kittle, Allen, and DJ Moore. Uh, I, I want to. I, I didn't get a chance to talk about a, a team earlier, really a player early, and I'm gonna. I'm gonna tie these two guys together because they're on the same team: Kamara Swift, Robinson, and Godwin. So I'm gonna talk a little bit about Robinson, a little bit about Godwin here. Uh, and, and that'll be my uh, focus here in this last segment of uh, what we're talking about in round three and four. So, Robinson, the guy last two years, just dog shit quarterbacks in my opinion. 98 receptions, 102 receptions. 
158 targets in 2020. 20, or sorry, 2020. Hopkins is the only guy, or, or of those top four wide receivers that we talk about, Hopkins had 160, so he was right there with him. Obviously, the other guys, Adams, Diggs, Hill, those guys were up there as targets as well. But he beat out Jefferson, Metcalf, Thomas, Ridley, Allen, A.J. Brown. He had more uh, – he had less targets and more catches. That, okay. That's a good thing, right? Uh, absolutely. Finally, with a little bit better quarterback play, Fields that can throw the deep ball. I know we got some Jacksonville Jaguars fans that listen in on this every once in a while. And I'm sure they remember Allen Robinson going for the deep ball in uh, Jacksonville and how they could throw that and hook him up. That's really what made him what he was and, and why he ended up getting moved on and, and going to Chicago. Uh, I think Allen Robinson can have a great season. So I think he's a value in your round three. But the other value that that same team is getting in round four is Chris Godwin. And let me tell you why. The guy's going to get you eight touchdowns. Okay. Last three NFL seasons, seven, nine, and seven. All right. 3,025 yards over the last three seasons overall. That's 1,000 yards a year. He's only played, uh, he only played 12 games last year. And if you look at his pace last year with the injuries that he had in a 16 game pace, the guy would have had 1,100 yards and 10 touchdowns. That right. pace puts him in a fourth round wide receiver. He's got second round wide receiver numbers. Yeah, and so and that to your point is the reason rounds three, four, five. That's where you're, that's where you're making your money because you're getting that kind of a value. Yeah, so I think Chris Godwin's a great value in round four. Uh, you guys have any comments on these players? And anybody else want to talk about before we talk about our favorite teams? Yeah, I think this goes more into like when you look at the receivers who are going in round four. A lot of them have question marks. It's really who you like. Like Godwin, he's competing with Evans and a full year of Antonio Brown, and you have a full year of Gronk healthy, and you have O.J. Howard coming back healthy. So you just have a lot of mouths to feed there. But he has a lot of talent, and he should get receptions. We have Cup and Woods, who have a new quarterback. Their big problem last year is they just didn't get touchdowns. I like Woods a little bit more than Cup. He's involved in the running game and with Akers out. They're probably going to go back to him. He had, I think he had 23 carries last year. And then That's, DJ Moore had, uh, he had, I think, 118 targets last year. Um, he had 66 catches on 118 targets. So he had a low catch percentage, but you have CMC coming back. I think um, I don't think the quarterback play is going to drop off with Darnold right. compared to Teddy. Player. I think, um, and you still have Robbie Anderson. So he sells talent. So it's all of these guys have, they should have productive years. It's just who do you think is going to have the better year? And I think they could really line up a lot of different ways. Yeah. The last guy that I want to highlight is my MVP, Mr. Murray. Um, last oh, season. boy, here we go. Why is he the yeah. MVP, Bob? Let's see. I, I'm, I'm saying NFL MVP I, well, more shit, so than anything else. Okay. But if he's, if he's the NFL MVP, he's a guy that you for sure want to have on your roster. Let's talk and about the last, last, last here's two why. quarterbacks are NFL MVPs. Who's that? Aaron Rodgers and Mahomes. Okay. 
were they not MVPs? I mean, Mahomes a couple years back won the league yep. for my buddy JB. If it wasn't for Mahomes, he doesn't win the league that year. Yeah. And he'll tell you, right? Aaron uh, Rodgers last year, the guy that won the league last year. Did he win it last year? Was he on, on his team? I don't even remember. You guys two, have to call me. Two, two years ago was Lamar. Three years ago was Mahomes. Okay, three Lamar. years ago. Yeah. But, but you get what I'm saying. But he's, it's, yeah. Those, yeah, if you're getting the NFL MVP, you're probably at least in the you're an MVP you're, in the in the yeah. fantasy football. Well, and because of that, your team is probably at least in the semifinal. Mm-hmm. And so that's where that's where Murray comes in. The last year he had 390 total points. That's 24.42 points per game. That is only behind Mahomes and Allen. At quarterback, and that's you know for quarterbacks that play more than five full games. Last year, 558 attempts, 3,900 yards, 26 passes. He added on to that 113 rushing attempts, 819 rushing yards, and 11 rushing touchdowns. So that that attempt wise, that's more than Eckler, Swift, Mixon, and Josh Allen. So he's a running back one. He's a running back one and a quarterback one. It's kind of similar to how, like, CMC is a running back one and wide receiver one. How Kelsey's a tight end one and a wide receiver one. All all rolled into one player. Um, his offense has improved. They draft Rondell Moore. They bring in James Conner. A.J. Green is there. If A.J. Green is even a shadow of who he had been in the past, I mean, you got a great wide receiver too. Your slot's going to be going to be solid, and who knows what Fitzgerald ends up doing? That's just some good seniority and, and uh, locker room help, and uh, just the most reliable hands in the league. Um, offense going to be improved, a little more defined, and he's just understanding the game even more than he has in the past, especially at this level. Uh, I I just see him as a guy that, you know, 113 and 800 with 11 touchdowns, and he's doing that last year. I, those numbers are going to get better. I mean, he's just going to get better as time goes on, and it's going to be really fun watching him play those divisional games. It that's just going to be so entertaining watching him against San Francisco, watching him put up big numbers against the the Seahawks. Um, it's kind of, um, but I see the value there and I see, you know, again, a fourth round quarterback, uh, the only one in the fourth round that we have here in our draft, John, anything before we go over teams here that you want to comment on? No, I just don't think Murray will be a top three quarterback. Oh, do I need to orchestrate yet another bet? I mean, we, me, and you have two bets. I could have two bets with John. Bobby's on. Uh, he's the he's the culprit of the bets to some degree. Do you, John, do you want? John, I mean, what, that's a Bobby is the, the question. You know, the question is for me, what, John. Where is it that you're ending up at the end of the year? I see him as quarterback four or five. So I mean, we're splitting hairs. I am at three. You am at four. Well, where I'm not going to make it. That means that John has Jackson. I mean, you you have him as the MVP of the week. There's not a bet to make that. There's yeah. not a bet to make but, that. But hold on, Let's though, move on to... you, you called it. John makes a valid point. You called him the MVP of the league. 
Mm-hmm. So you really have him as like QB one, maybe two. Worst case, three. Well, but we're saying the same thing. He, he's afraid of this bet, John. I can it's, tell. He doesn't want to lose this one. Joe, it's it's one of those things where it's it, quarterback three versus quarterback four. We there's not a bet to make there. He's not a court. He doesn't have him at quarterback ten, sure. and I got him at three. Right. That's fair. Not enough of a gap. I got you. Right. All right, well, let's go over the teams. Uh, John, I'm going to let you take off with this one first. You know, we're, now we're at the end of round four. Um, hopefully you guys have all been able to pay attention to this pretty well and get a good idea of, of how these teams have been constructed so far. John, any team uh, you want to highlight, uh, depths, weaknesses, strengths, things you like about after round four? Yeah, I think my favorite team after round four is really in the 10 spot which has been one of my least favorite spots to draft in so far. But you look at them, they get Eckler, Hopkins, and then they follow up with Josh Allen and Montgomery. So you have you have one of the top two quarterbacks. You have one of the top four wide receivers. You have one of the top ten running backs. And then you follow it up with really kind of, I view the last of the workhorse running backs with Montgomery. And you really – I think that's really the foundation of a great team because there are a lot of wide receivers I like in the later rounds, and you have your two running backs and your quarterback and a top wide receiver set. Yeah. Good. I like it. Joe, who are you liking here? Well, I wanted to – you know, I think I go back – I think I talked a little bit about Team 3 last time. I'm going to mention two of them. So I I keep going back to Team 8, and the problem I have with Team 8 is their running back scenario. But I love Kelsey. I really do like Harris in their second round. This is the one that we we teamed up with Mahomes to give you that stack that I'm a big component of. And I'm a, a personal fan of Thielen. I think he's going to have yeah, – Jefferson's going to get a little bit more attention. I think Thielen's going to catch – you know, he got a lot of touchdowns last year, which gave him the, the, the points that he was able to be at. But I think he's going to have a similar season, maybe even a little bit more yardage if that offense can hold up. Um, but we'll see how it all goes. Um, so I do like that team, but that's not the one. If I have to go with my favorite here, um, I'm actually going to steal John's. Uh, so John's favorite last time, I think, was Kamara Swift. And I think with how the draft fell to that team in particular at number four overall, Kamara Swift, you got two running backs. Number First of all, Kamara's uh, for sure number one running back, um, it, you know, as far as just RB1s go. Swift, I think, could be an RB1. He is on that that line, depending on how he's used in in Detroit. So you have Swift and Kamara. Both of them are very capable of catching the football. And you follow up with Robinson, who I just spoke about, and Godwin, who I just spoke about. Two wide receivers of really good value in rounds three and four. Uh, They're set up pretty well, in my opinion. I think they can really make some good picks here and make a phenomenal team at the end of the day. Uh, the way that I look at it, so with with the news about Michael Thomas and his injury at surgery. Hold on. Let's talk about Michael Thomas for a second. Again, I'm a component of Michael Thomas. Most of the most of what's going on with him was known. Okay. So they, they had a very good idea that he more than likely was gonna be out to begin the, the you know, the training camps and everything like that. But anyway, go ahead. Right. So some some stuff that I was seeing is that Michael Thomas could miss up to six weeks or so of the regular season. You're not taking that guy in round two. You're just not. Um, well, I don't know if I saw that. So so if I'm able to swap out some stuff about Michael Thomas, 
and put in our next wide receiver that we have, who is Keenan Allen. So we got Henry, conceivably Keenan Allen, CEH, and Murray. You Give me team three with the two top heavy bell cow running backs, a target monster in Keenan Allen, and as I've, I've kind of staked this in there, you got Murray as your MVP. Um, and that's your starting base. The, the wide receiver depth is there to be able to have Allen and whoever else in round five and six, which we'll get into next week. Um, be able to pick up a couple wide receivers there and finish off that depth as well as the rest of that lineup. I mean, you're, you're going to have a really solid team with that third pick there. I agree. I agree. I think we, uh, we've shaped this up pretty good, giving you guys some good insights, uh, prepared you hopefully for your drafts. I know that, that they're coming around here. Uh, we will have one more mock draft, which will hopefully come out either later this week or early next week um, to prepare you for it. And then really we get into August and drafts start coming around. So I know a lot of you that do listen are, are going to prepared for them at that time. Uh, we will have some other stuff coming out as well. So keep listening. Again, we thank you for joining and listening in. Uh, you know, like our podcast, you know, follow us if you would, that'd be fantastic. And we'll, you'll hear even more of us. Um, but, uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed the show tonight. Uh, I am still guzzling down this Glen Levitt. I might, I'm, I'm working on finishing this bottle. I mean, I'm telling you, it's, it's working its way down there. Oh man. But anyway, uh, appreciate your time. Anyway, uh, any final thoughts before we take off for the night? All right. That's it. Nothing. Murray Murray's MVP. Oh my God! Here we go. We might we might have a epic battle of proportions at the Niehoff, you know, vacation home last night. By the way, I destroyed everybody. It was destruction. An air hockey tournament, double elimination. Victorious. You're, you're the only person that was able to beat me. Oh yeah, whatever. <laughs> have a good night. Thanks for listening. Bye.